Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, Episode 44. The Round Table. Right. Hello there. Um, we have had some great guests this uh, the last two months, two and a half months now. We'll also talk about this today as well. San Diego Comic-Con. You're a YouTuber's working this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, considering I've actually I've paid some money and I'll explain more in a second. Right. Yeah. Um, we've had some great guests. And I'm a little bit disappointed with Wednesday, to be fair, considering it was, number one, an epic show, two hours worth. We've had two two-hour shows this season. We had Donny Cates and Megan Hutchinson, which was amazing. And then on Wednesday, we had Declan Shalvey, artist of Moonlight and Bog Bodies and some incredible um, talent. We've got loads of people who are jumping in. Um, Ola from San Diego, Cesar and Nabus. Um, who else we got? Uh, we got uh, Carol. Good morning from San Diego. Sarita Pease joined us. Hello, Sarita. Welcome along. So, yeah, we had Alex Patnadel and we had Declan Shalvey. Uh, thanks to a cock-up in YouTube's corner, um, we oh, it didn't broadcast out on YouTube, or we did, it didn't go live. Uh, thanks for scheduling thing, which the way that the restream, uh, the, the plugin that I use with StreamYard didn't work. Um, it's only had like five views. I reposted the video, which was really annoying. Uh, I wanted you to, I want you to see that. It's, it's a great show. The first half, it's a nice little bit of banter between Alex and Declan, uh, very much talking about creative process, talking about cons, talking about anything and everything. These guys know their stuff. And then we got into just, because uh, Declan had to go. And next thing you know, we just started talking with um, Alex Patnadel. And we talked for an hour extra. Um, he is one of my favorite people. And I would heartily recommend you checking out that stream out because I'm rather proud of it. I reposted it. You can watch it anytime you like. I know that the views are mostly counted from people watching live now. But if you get the chance to watch it, it's a lot of fun. Right. This is what we're going to do with this one. This is a state of the union. The setup that I use, the um, the site that I use is StreamYard. StreamYard, you may recognize the, I mean, if I go to the, uh, the brand and whatever, if I go to that, uh, you, you, you see this at the bottom and you see all the, the banners at the, uh, the bottom as well and all of that. Does it look familiar? It looks familiar because there's so many people using the StreamYard setup. It's easy to use. It's the most, um, unlike Google Hangouts, which was a nightmare to use. Um, this is very simple. You just go to a link, or uh, anyone who wants to jump in and goes to a link, um, they click on it and they just uh, they just join in on, a, a, on the browser. And that's what we're gonna do today. Because the thing about the show for the last couple of months, while it has been great to have some amazing guests on, and I have been doing my best to get your comments and questions in, I think it's about time to remind ourselves it's about you guys. The reason why I went twice a week 
is to make it a uh, a community. It's for the co- the convention family. It's for you guys. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to put the invite link to this particular stream. I'm going to go to an Englishman in San Diego. I'm going to go to the video. Um, and basically, hopefully I can find the video. <laughs> oh, there it is. I'm going to put it in the q and I'm going to put it in the comments. In other words, I'm going to be inviting you guys. Um, I want this to be a group chat. I want this to be our round table. If you want to come on and not be seen, if you maybe you got your phone, you just want to chat, but you want to talk out what you want to talk out. You can, in fact, select it where you can just join in. It puts an avatar up on screen and we'll just be able to hear you. But if you want to come on by camera, if you've got your phone, it opens up in a browser. If you're on your laptop, it just opens up in a browser, Chrome, whatever. I'm now going to post the stream, the, the link to the live stream in the Q&A right now. I'm hitting send, and it's basically a link that you can join in. This is your show. This could be something which could either work or it won't, but it's this is going to be all about you. This is a state of the union where we can talk out um, anything and everything. Uh, we can talk about um, the um, things that have happened over the last couple of months. Um, we can talk about artists that you've been following, events that have happened which have affected you. Um, we can talk about conventions. We can talk about our frustrations. We can talk about the seeming um, apparent uh desire of everybody else to just go back to the way things were straight away when things haven't recovered yet. We're not there yet. Um, Basically, you will show up in my invite down at the bottom and you can just jump in. You can just join us and just say hello. You can even just come in, wave and go away. It's as simple as that. Um, If you are an artist that follows me on Twitter and is watching this on your live stream, um, go to the Q&A link in the YouTube chat. Come on and share your wares. Um, tell us about a project that you're doing. Tell us about something you're up to at the moment. Um, I mean, we've got loads of people watching. Dan Berry is watching uh, Into the Blue Mister. We're all going to come on the show and pretend to be Dan Berry. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Dan Berry is... Um, Spartacus, uh, frankly, uh, he is anywhere and everywhere, and he is ever present, and that's fine. Uh, maybe he wants to come on. Who knows? Um, what's this, <laughs> Dan Berry? The wave and go away. The Justice League at San Diego Comic Con method. That was an interesting year. That was yeah. Let's invite them all on stage. Wave. Um, tell them that the film's coming out next summer, and then bugger off. That was one of the most pointless appearances at a Comic Con ever. Ridiculous, but um, if you're watching this on um, Facebook too, I might even just do it on, uh, put it on Facebook as well. Uh, this is going to be risky, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. I'm going to put it in the comments. Uh, there we go, and you can just join us. There you go, comments there. Um, 
I'm not going to put it on Twitter. That's a bit risky. <laughs> but if you are watching this, and like I say, you just want to come on and talk about the way things are, the way things have been, and the way things could be. Um, I mean, I'm going to start things off with um, a topic. Hello there, Daniel. Nice to uh, have you joining us along, sir. Hey, hey. Ah, we've got Michael Pease joining us. He's, I think he's just getting himself settled, getting himself in front of his camera. Um, but, uh, yeah. We can take, um, I think it's six guests on at a time. We can stick as many people in the background down below and kind of rotate if need be. But if you just want to come on and talk, by all means. Uh, but FYI does not show up on Periscope TV. What, the comments or the, the link or... Um, that's a shame. Um, Chuck, if you want to, I mean, I'm tempted to just send him a message. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so I wanted to start with a couple of uh, topics. Oh, the link doesn't show up on Periscope. Okay. I'll tell you what then, uh, Chuck, what I'll do is I'm going to go to, uh, I happen to know you well, and I know, I, 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 I like you and I love you. And I will go to, uh, your per I'll go to your Twitter, sir, and I'll send you a message. So there we go. Uh -huh. Just got to find it. There we go. And there you go. And I'm going to send it to you as a direct message, sir, if you want to uh, uh, jump in. There we go. Right, Michael P., like I say, uh, well, okay. So, yeah, the couple of, comment the couple of topics that I wanted to dive into straight away off, the off my own back was um, Comic-Con at home and also um, New York Comic-Con. I want to get into those. But uh, Into the Blue Mister is reminding us very quickly two things that I like uh, would like quickly mention. One, Denny O'Neill passing away just a few days ago. And two, Al Jaffe, famous man magazine artist, retires age 99. Bloody 99. Absolutely. Um, that, was, uh, that was cool to see online. And uh, there's Chuck is there. Getting a bit of an echo there, sir. But it's okay. We got you. And we've got Michael P as well. Uh, but Michael P, I think he's off camera at the moment. <laughs> I think he clicked it and then disappeared. And maybe he's getting his cup of tea. How are you doing, sir? How are you doing, Chuck? I'm all right. Um, I, the thing that struck me as being relevant to us that was on Twitter this morning uh, was that the governor of Georgia has like opened the whole state back up again, which would include um, uh, events like um, conventions. Um, yeah. and we all at this point have a pretty good idea that most of the conventions don't think that, that they are, or really don't want to go on, but have to wait for the force majeure clause in their contracts to trigger so they're not on the hook for a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and so that makes me really, really concerned. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to um, Georgia for any cons in the near future, but one thing that I've been watching and noticing is Star Wars Celebration hasn't ended yet. Right. And I'm end of August. But a real strong indicator for me has been if you go to their guests page, they still have zero announced guests for a con that theoretically happens at the end of August, right? So they know what's up. 
And I'm concerned now, like, so what if they are forced to put on the con? I'm not going. So then I'm out my money for those tickets and I'm going to feel kind of bad about it. But there's no way I'm going to a convention right now. Wow. Um, there's no way I'm going to a convention right well, now. Who's that? I'm getting a bit of a um, reverb there. It might be Michael. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. Um, yes. Um, I find it interesting that... I mean, Star Wars Celebration is the one that you mentioned. It's probably the... I mean, Star Wars Celebration and New York Comic Con, which are the two big ones for the rest of the year, I feel. If I'm wrong... Let me know. North America, I think those two are the big two. Um, as far as I'm aware, Star Wars Celebration is um, operating as though it's going ahead. And I think a month later, there is a major gaming convention, which is not going ahead. And every other convention there is not going ahead. It, it, is, it, is it only a matter of time, or are they just following on the wave of... Everyone just kind of, I mean, here in the UK, we've got the um, restrictions effectively being lifted, even though our R rate is still through the roof. Um, it's, yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. But there seems to be this sense, um, certainly with protests going on, with conversations happening and things online that, okay, the restrictions are being lifted. Let's get back to normal. And by the way, let's have it done by Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> what? I mean, I know Michael P is has been following a lot of the medical um, numbers and really keeping an eye on <laughs> how things have been going. Um, you too, Leanne. Oh. Yeah, Michael and I are uh, medical nerds, so you yeah. know we are. We've been following this stuff. I've been bugging Michael about it since I started seeing this stuff popping up, what, November, right? Is that when the first, or was it December when I first said to you about it, that I saw something weird coming, you know? But anyways, we've been following it along. Um, I think also one of the reasons these conventions are not getting canceled is the states have dropped their state of emergencies or their lockdown orders. They're not gonna be able to collect their insurance for this stuff. So I don't know what, you know, that kind of leaves them in this weird gray area. And I 100% believe Dragon Con is on because Georgia has, they're marching on off the cliff right there. So. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. I agree with Le Leanne. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yeah. I can. Okay, good. Yeah, I agree with Leanne and this whole thing with Georgia Con. I mean, that's that's like scary. But let's let's wait and see if the stars show up. Which I kind of, if I'm a studio, there's no way in hell I'm going to let my my people show up. That is insane. If you know they're barely getting back to work, they get sick, it shuts it down for another three to four weeks. Um, who has that, who has that kind of money? I hear you. But I mean, we had this conversation with, um, I can't remember who brought it up. I, I mean, it was one of the convention organizers that came on a couple of weeks. Uh, obviously my brain's a little bit of a mess at the moment, but there was um, uh, the comment along the line of just how much money con conventions earn for talent. And they have had a run of three months now of not earning any money. 
So they are in desperate need of cash. And a convention is very easy money for them to take that risk and walk away with 15, 20,000 in their back pocket. Um, Leonard? The rest of us are thinking that that's rash and ridiculous and irresponsible. But I think people are now just looking at that bank balance. I mean, I currently have a grand total of 400 quid in my bank, and that's not going to last me much longer. Um, I'm not going to be earning until the pubs reopen here in the UK, and that we're not expecting to happen for music playing in groups inside the building till the end of the year, which means I'm effectively screwed. That is a small indicator along somebody who's earning several thousands at a convention. And then there's the convention organizers themselves, which are losing out. And I think we're going to see a number of conventions which are just going to fall by the wayside. Well, Leonard, um, can, I, can I interrupt you for just a second? Of course, you, said, of course. you said twenty to thirty thousand dollars. No, the top tier people make a hundred grand plus on those weekends easily. Easily. Right. So I mean, you know, that's a lot of money to you know, that's a hundred grand for two days of worth of work. And so all you do essentially do is sit there, talk to people and hug a few people and stuff like that. So it's like but having said that, why would you pay for an autograph or a picture and you've got to stand six feet away from the person? It's it's like a Photoshop picture of them, you and them. I don't yeah. understand that. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, let's let's backtrack a little bit and let's go a little bit positive, if we can. <laughs> if we can, let's actually talk about how um, the, the the how we've been uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I think my situation has been pretty well documented up to now. Um, well, I mean, we'll go around the table. That I mean, it is a round table, by the way. Anyone else who wants to join in? You've seen the link in the jump in. I mean, we can take six guests. We can take two more. This is your show today. This is a roundtable show. This is all about your show, all about your uh, thoughts and how things have been going. Uh, Chuck, uh, I mean, t introduce yourself to people. Where are you based? Um, what do you do? And how's your pandemic been? <laughs> so, um, as it says, I'm I'm Bitspitter. Um, I'm I'm Bitspitter pretty much everywhere. So, uh, uh, I'm a I'm a nerd. I'm enough of a nerd that uh, I moved from Texas to San Diego and have lived in San Diego for three years. Um, I, it takes me 10 minutes to walk to the convention center, um, which I still do on a fairly regular basis just to see what's up. Um, downtown San Diego has gone from at the beginning of the, uh, the pandemic from looking like a, a ghost town to now yesterday I did my normal walk to the, uh, to the fish market um, and to the uh, downtown farmer's market in Little Italy. And uh, many people wearing masks, many people not wearing masks. Uh, and it makes me crazy, including people who, when you go to the fish market and you go to the farmer's market, you must wear a mask in order to come in. You have to. So seeing people walking from the market with no mask on, with their bags of groceries, means to me, you only wore the mask when you went to the market. And as soon as you got out of there, you took it off. Because I know you have to have one. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't get it. What's, uh, it the, what's, 
makes me insane. What's the guidance in the US at the moment? Because here in the UK, it's if you are outside in a freshly ventilated area, if you're walking the street, you don't necessarily have to wear your mask. Um, but it's when you're in a store, when you're in a, uh, um, a supermarket, or if you're you're going into an enclosed space, you have to wear your mask. Leanne's giggling away in the corner there. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. it varies from town to town, store to store, state to state. Right. It is it is a free for all. It depends on whether you are GOP or you are Democrat. At least in Texas, it is. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately. You know, so there's so. been no kind of clear cut message. Uh, I mean, that clear cut message disappeared when Fauci stopped appearing on screen. I think. Well, in Texas, it disappeared when the the cities like Austin and San Antonio said, "Hey, you have to wear a mask everywhere. This is a medical requirement." And then the government governor stepped in and said, "No, it's okay. You can wear it. It's optional." Yeah. So. Into the Blue Mister, Leanne wins the picture contest this week. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I, think it, I think Into the Blue Mister has been judging uh, all of our guests on their backgrounds. Uh, I mean, we had uh, David Irwin from Heavy Metal. He definitely got zero out of ten because he just had nothing. But Leanne, you're definitely <laughs> getting... Uh, you're getting <laughs> yeah, Chuck's got nothing. But there we go. Um, there you I go. mean, come on. I've got the whole like all I've the way down the hallway. I've got that spider verse one. Mine's signed. <laughs> Mine's signed. Uh, anyway, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's it's me, me and Chuck that's rather sparse on the the background stuff. I think, but there we go. Okay. Um, with San Diego, um, obviously, it's a central hub, and it also got a, a bit of a spotlight as well with the convention center um, being transformed into the um, the makeshift hospital and uh, uh, well, not makeshift, the, the, the homeless center. Um, is that still in place, and how busy is it at the moment? I don't know whether it's still in place. Um, I will tell you that it was interesting to me that even when it was, was, was or is fully occupied, as far as I know, um, you could not tell from the outside that anything was different. Um, <laughs> right? Well, is, that, is that more a case of um, show, not tell? I, I mean that in both senses of the word. Um, you wouldn't be able to say that that the convention center was being used for alternative purposes and I could walk three blocks from my home and find a homeless encampment. Um, so I don't know exactly how all of that was supposed to work, but I can tell you it was, if it was successful, it was only partially successful. Okay. Um, it's kind of a good and a bad thing for civil liberties and, and everything else. You can't, Round up, force them to go right. And clearly, some people weren't, um, and maybe have good reasons for not trusting. Oh yeah, come on, let's all put you in this big building together. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So let's just giving big tours of the place. Yeah. So let's just joining us. Hello there, sir. Although we are, we have got some sound issues with Sir Lister of Smeg. 
Isn't he muted? It looks like he has a muted sign there. Yeah. Doesn't he? And let's just try and unmute him. It's I'm going to jump off and leave space for everybody else. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, listen, Chuck, um, thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us that update on uh, what San Diego is like at the moment. And stay safe, sir. Yeah, Kiss your beautiful wife for me. My mic, dude. I miss her. Well, okay. Yeah, say hi to Phaedra. Hate some stuff. Okay, there we go. Um, I think Sinister Snake is either frozen or... Is he, are you up and running? Are you there, sir? Oh, no, I'm getting a lot of... Okay. Hello? <laughs> it, might down, it might be down to connection at this, uh, his end, maybe. Mm, it might be it might be a signal issue. But there we go. Uh, okay, let's continue going around. Yeah, the I'm getting a lot of lag. I, I, I might have to back up. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, if you want to try again when you get a stronger signal, sir. to try them again. Uh, oh dear, never mind. Okay, let, let's go go around the room then. Um, and once again, um, I mean, Michael, you're San Diego as well, I believe. No, no, no. I'm in Colorado Springs. Remember? So oh, Colorado Springs. Is, yeah, this is where I always get confused. I always think you're in San Diego every single I'm, time. I'm um, not anticipating going back for a while, Leonard. Not until sometime next year. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, in that case, Colorado Springs. Um, I, I mean, I think we asked this question the last time you were on, but. Uh, How's it been, and where we are? Where are you at now in terms of the way that the the locals are well, approaching the pandemic? Interesting enough, Colorado has a Democratic governor, but a very it's a very Republican, very conservative state. So we actually started opening up. We were one of the first states to actually to start opening up, and so you know, some places you go in, there's some places you have to wear a mask into some. You know, it's like Leanne says, it depends on the place. You know, some places you have to have a mask. Some other places they don't care, but they wear a mask. I've been to stores where the, the people working at the store don't wear a mask and they don't pay attention. They don't do social distancing. I mean, it's all over the map. And and so, you know, who knows what's going to happen next? And, and this. But remember, everybody needs to remember, they never said it was going to disappear. They were no. The whole point was to level out the curve. And I think they've leveled out the curve, but we're still going to have new cases, and we don't know what's going to happen in the fall. Yeah. Um, and I know that – I mean, this is going to – I'm trying to work out a way of wording this without offending a lot of people, which I will easily do. Um, the whole um, rioting situation, the peaceful protests – it was a terrible thing which triggered these um, efforts off. But why now? Why did why did it have to happen now? Because the timing. I mean, I I mean, my personal feeling on a lot of the protests was it was the water pressure exploding out of the valve. It was yeah. it was two months of people being stuck inside. This was a way of venting, getting out, and expressing. Um, but we're now, it's now going to just roll on when it comes to the pandemic. And it's almost like the pandemic has been forgotten. Well, Leonard, you, you know, the most interesting thing about this, this is a, this is an absolutely perfect storm. We have yeah. arguably the worst president, well, clearly of the last two centuries, right? I mean, I mean, arguably, I mean, I, I, I could, I could argue that he's the worst, but you know, we're not going to do that. But, yeah. You know, and then you have a pandemic 
and, and then you have all this incredible frustration. It's it's like it's the perfect storm. It, yeah. it, it's like everything that could go bad has happened. Everything. Yeah. You know, I'm just waiting for that asteroid. Okay. I'm waiting for the asteroid. That's the only thing I'm waiting for. The asteroid, right? Uh, I'm waiting on super volcano. My, that's where my money's at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super volcano or a super volcano or alien invasion. One of the two. Oh, well, alien invasion go. would be fun though. Yeah. You know, yeah, that would be all okay. right. Okay. Very, very quickly as well. <laughs> very, very quickly, before we do carry on, uh, Into the Blue Mister has pointed out something. Um, when we had um, uh, a guest on a couple of shows ago, we did get into a very anti-Trump rhetoric. Well, let's leave the politics out of this because there are – I want to. I do want to appeal to all um, mm -hmm. camps here. Let's just – I mean, we all have our own personal feelings, and I'm not going to uh, stop you from expanding on those. But let's also remember there, you know, maybe Trump supporters are here. And by all means, if you are, if you feel that um, he's done – as best he can in these in the situation, jump in. I I don't know. Let's just let's keep that in mind if we if we if we can if we can. Um, Leanne, um, where are you based, and um, how's your situation been over the last couple of months? <laughs> I'm somewhere lost in Texas. I'm in between San Antonio and Austin. Right. So yeah, um, I'm just about as far away from. I'm a little closer to San Antonio than I am Austin, but. I claim okay. both as home. So, you know, it's now, a large Texas, metropolitan area. Texas, as we've seen, um, or certainly from uh, keeping an eye on the, the numbers, is starting to get into a peak at the moment. It started to become a hotspot. Is that right? Well, yeah. And, and all those come from uh, when they opened everything back up Memorial Day. So this would be prior to the protests breaking out. So you've still got... Uh, another three, another two weeks, or well, less than that, another week or so before those numbers stop start popping in. Okay. I I watch the data like like a hawk. I love all that stuff. I mean, I I mean I don't love the pandemic, but I yeah. like that part of it and just watching numbers the climb. And the yeah the, the yeah. metrics of it. Yeah. Um, Solicitor's tried again. Um, have we got audio for you, sir? No, he's disappeared. Okay, fair enough. I will uh, say we've had we've had a, quite an adventure. I mean, you know, Taylor had her school shut down in Kentucky, and we had like three days to rush to Kentucky to get stuff and move her out of a dorm and home. You know, so. And in the meantime, I mean, I'm pretty sure both of us had the coronavirus and being trapped in the airport. She had to spend the night in the airport the night that everybody was forced to come back from Europe. Right. So she got stuck um, in Dallas and spent the night there as all those people were coming through customs and she was sick, but they wouldn't test her. We couldn't get a test in Texas to save our lives. I mean, you know, um, they kept telling us, well, if you get admitted to the hospital, you can get a test, but Ugh. you know, so. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but Leanne, you know, that, that goes back to, we are one of our friends, Michael Leventhal, he had it and he couldn't get it. Yes. He couldn't get a test. He couldn't get a test. Know about that. Okay. And, and then he got sick. And then after he was sick, he, he, he could get one of those after tests. And so he had the antibodies. So he'd actually had it. So, I mean, we actually, we all know, I mean, well, Leonard, you clearly know someone who, who's had it, you know, I mean, and we think that you probably, you and your wife probably had it too, but they wouldn't do the test. Yeah. That's the other issue. 
you know, we don't know the true figures because they are not doing what they need to do, i.e. testing as many people as they should. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, that she's going back to school. They're saying school starts back in, in August, but apparently they're going to be giving them an antibody test and a regular test when they come to school, kind of mark who's got it, who's had it, you know, as they march back on to school, on to class, you know, in the fall. So I guess we'll find out then. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, let's get into some uh, convention topics then. Um, like I say, I mean, we kind of br uh, briefly talked about New York Comic Con and some other big cons, but let's talk about um, Comic Con at home, um, about what San Diego's efforts are going to be. I mean, Michael follows uh, Comic Con International, I think, almost as much as I do. Uh, Leanne certainly does as well, keeps an eye uh, as a fan. Um, <laughs> We had some interesting headlines being pimped out by most of the um, pop culture sites uh, this week, which was basically a confirmation of what we all already knew already, which was just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, break. if I saw the words breaking news, if I see the words breaking news, I actually want it to be breaking news now. Um, that's just good. Um, but um, it, the announcement then um, about... Uh, Comic-Con International is going to run on the same dates as um, well, Comic-Con at home is going to run at the same dates as what would have been the convention. Um, and they are talking about panels. They're talking about a virtual um, artist alley. Now, we've seen various shows trying to do their um, the, this kind of um, virtual state. Uh, the unofficial blog is feeling that what we're going to be seeing is very much what we had with WonderCon which is basically a website with a bunch of links to vendors. So that's that way of getting out the word about who would have been there. Um, and then you're going to have a whole bunch of content, uneven, unbranded, and all over the place in terms of forms and format um, on their YouTube channel. Um, what's your thoughts on Comic-Con at home? Um, and considering the amount of content, I mean, one of the, the appeals of San Diego Comic-Con and the reason why people still pay the quite high ticket price is because the sheer amount of content that comes out of that show, things that you can find in every square corner, can a virtual con even come remotely close to fulfilling what we need from Comic-Con at home? Well, I don't know. I mean, they had a lovely thing set up a couple of years ago that would have worked perfectly with all this. <laughs> but what do I know? <laughs> no, I mean, it's... I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, WonderCon seemed like it was set up and went over how many days. Dan would probably know this better than I did. I know it seemed like every time I would log on to Twitter, there'd be another thing for WonderCon. And it was like, WonderCon is like, what, two months long now? So... Yeah. Yeah. Um, my fear is the things that you would stumble upon, those things that you would not expect to find anything about, and then you would just, it would become your new favorite thing. Um, that's just going to be lost, and we're not going to see everything. Oh, it, it's, it's just going to be, they're not going to be able to put out the content to justify the name San Diego Comic-Con. Michael? Wow, that's a that's a great lead in there. So, so, but, but, 
Uh, you know, I actually agree with you on this. It's, it's the, you know, remember those times when you couldn't get into one of those rooms and then you'd go and, and you'd go someplace else or else you would sit in a room waiting for something something that you really want to see. And then guess what? Something else popped up. And you go like, oh, my God, how did I not know about this? It's not going to happen. But now, having said that, though, too, uh, Leonard, remember HomeCon? Did you, did you have a chance to watch HomeCon? Any of the things? Uh, or Leanne, did you, either one of you guys watch that HomeCon? I watched as much as I could. Um, it was going out on Twitch, and I just I can't deal with Twitch as a platform. It's yeah, so, I'm it's with so, Leonard. It's so goddamn clunky. Um, it's it's oh, it's awful. Okay. <laughs> there you go. It's awful. But I, but I understand what you're saying about the the platform itself. It's like crackle. I mean, crackle. Those people need to be shot. But that's a whole side issue. But but you know, but but the point was. It was engaging because the stars that showed up there, they were not the tier A stars, right? Or even tier B stars. But they were fun. They seemed to be having a good time. You know, the questions came in. So, I mean, it can be fun and intimate, but it's not going to be San Diego. I mean, San Diego, no, it's not going to be San Diego. Come on. It's not going to be San Diego. But they're trying. And so, and the good thing is, as you said, they're going to have links to all the vendors and stuff to help the vendors out. So, that that is a good thing, okay? So, like you said, let's look at the positive, and you know, because yeah. we keep looking at the negative forever and a day. But they're trying to do things, and I think the New York Comic Con, I think that they were learn they learned from uh, Emerald City Comic Con, and so they're already, you know, they actually went out and sent out uh, a questionnaire already, and so they're, you know, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna really blow it out of the water because they're gonna actually do it right because they have enough time to figure out how to do it right. Fair enough. Uh, we've actually got Marcy Bretz, um, who, if Marcy, if you could click on the um, the Streamyard link and join us. Uh, but I mean, we'll bring it up. I mean, this is going to completely block out Leanne's face for a That's second. That's okay. So I completely. Nobody wants to see my face, anyways. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh, shut up, you. Uh, of course we do. Um, I'm editing at CC at Home panel right now. The panels will be scheduled like a con in real life. Uh, San Diego Comic Con will put their branding on it, but I assume the panels will vary greatly in technical quality as well as approach from the panelists. I will miss the random panels I found uh, found through accident or last-minute decisions. Absolutely, absolutely. That's interesting about the fact that it's going to be scheduled like a con in real life. That could be cool. Um, I also think as well if they work on maybe different channels for different tracks. So, for example, you could have your studio track, you could have your literary track, you could have your comics track, instead of just throwing it all into the one channel. Does that yeah, make sense? That would be the best way for them to do it. First off, because then you don't also have like so many people at the same time trying to go into one, you know, possibly, I don't know how they're going to run their platform, whether they're going to go on YouTube or do their own thing. But also, I would hope that they'd be able to, you know, you could access these panels later on, you know, because like Chuck just said, some of us are working. I, I'm back to work during most of the day doing what I, my real job would be. So, you know, I, although I'm doing some other things though too. Michael P knows this. <laughs> anyway, I get, but, the, I, mean, I get the feeling that they'll stick with YouTube because of that kind of free, egalitarian kind of vibe. I mean, although it is, it's owned by Google and it's, it's all about money now, fine. But 
the general consensus is it's an open platform that you can just log into a link and it's it's there. It's ubiquitous. Um, it's interesting about the whole programming thing. I, I'm thinking that they may prep the panels beforehand and then premiere them. I, I was just in an archaeology conference over this whole weekend, and that is exactly what they have done. They yeah. Everybody was limited to a 32-minute panel uh, for their presentations. Everything was uh, set up ahead of time to go run over two days. Mm. So with different panels, I, even though they had time stamps of what time you could go in there and those panels would be accessed, uh, but that... Uh, you could really access everything for Saturday on Saturday, everything for Sunday on Sunday and vice versa. You could go back and watch, watch sure. all that stuff. So, you know, it, it could work. It, it worked really well for this. Yeah. You know, Sarita um, uh, P how many pounds will there be? We have no idea, but it sounds like everyone that submitted for a panel has been asked to do something online. <laughs> so I suspect that, if you take maybe 60% of the panels that were approached or were going to be coming to San Diego, you're going to be getting them represented. Um, and Into the Blue Mister, a virtual masquerade with online voting would be a hoot. Um, as far as I'm aware, a masquerade is still on the cards. Um, it, it could be cool. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see somebody strutting their cosplay stuff on a webcam and so like, like this, just coming on showing their um their cosplay off and then coming back i think that, that would be that'd be rather cool um dan berry sarita as if that weren't enough comic-con at home we'll also have a masquerade gaming and other activities that we plan to participate in their own homes that is a quote i believe from the official uh release uh marcy bretts uh, megacon had multiple streams other cons had multiple platforms for discussion yeah um that could be one way of getting around it um hey Hello, hey. it's, that it's that cap that I was that close to getting, but I left. It's your cap, Leonard. I, I've saved it. I saved seriously. I saved it for you. I was going to mail it to you, but dear God in heaven, that cost like whoa, five dollars. Co cap cost, and so so when we see each other at Comic Con, this cap is yours. How's that? Oh, fantastic! Oh, hey. Okay, that's just just cheer me up no end. Good news. We gotta have some good news, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um like I say, I think it'd be it if I mean that they what lessons can they learn from WonderCon? Um I mean, what was your take? I mean, Leandy, you were saying about you were constantly getting the I mean we, we were, we were all getting the emails about um fresh video coming up um uh, on uh, the wondercon website did you click on any of the links did you watch any of the wondercon i think i did like the first day something came out i clicked on one one and then after that it was just it the next one it was so far between that it um, you know I, by then i've got other things to do i mean <laughs> <laughs> look quite right i mean I have, I mean, not really. I don't, I mean, I'm got stuck in the house and doing other things, but I mean, I've managed to find other stuff to do by then. So, you know, you, you lost me by then. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, it just went on too long, too long. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Um, Michael, did you catch any of the WonderCon footage? Did you watch any of the panels? 
absolutely no. <laughs> no, it's just no. No, just simple no. No. Not, not that's, that. that's a shame. No, um, I really hope that they can pull this off. I mean, honestly, if, if anybody can kind of pull it together and pull it out quickly, I think they might be able to do it. I think it's going to be a little bit of a process to find stuff that you really want to watch and go through. I mean, of course you're going to have to think about half of the panels that they had planned probably are people who are not going to do anything. So that weeds out quite a bit. And yeah. uh, what big movie studio, I mean, that's going to be an issue with, um, well, we, we already know about DC, DC have pulled, well, reportedly pulled, um, I believe they were offered, um, but DC will not be presenting a part of uh, Comic-Con at home because they're going to be doing their own online effort a month later. So middle of August, there's going to be a big DC online. They're just going their own damn way with everything, aren't they? <laughs> Shock, horror, surprise. <laughs> what else is new? DC, we got DC Universe and we got W, I mean, what is that, uh, HBO Max? I mean, come on. Do we? Do they have a clue what they're doing? Seriously. Well, I, I kind of understand it. DC Universe, then you've got the comics. You've got a dedicated um, community based around DC property. Um, I personally, I have no problem with it. I mean, it's a, a hub for DC. If anything, I, I really appreciate it because it also recognizes that the comics exist, which, I mean, you find any um, kind of online process out there um it's almost like okay we'll show you the films we'll show you the tv series oh oh the all oh, the comics um oh well um yeah they're 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 over there somewhere you know at least the universe recognizes that the comics exist no um, you're, you're right leonard they do recognize the comics which is really good but if you could if you could share the, if you look at dc uh at uh, disney plus each they have separate little parts over there, so you can click on that part and go to all that content, like under Pixar, content under Marvel, you know, Marvel content under uh, Star Wars. You could do the same thing with HBO Max, Max, where you put DC Universe in there, you click on it, and you have all that good stuff. I, 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 have, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the platform, so I've no idea what it looks like. Oh no, I've seen both. I've seen all these platforms, and there's a way to do it so that you get, you get, you get. All the HBO stuff, but then you still get the full DC universe. There's yeah. you don't take anything away. You give more. That's my point. You you get more, and that's yeah. that, that's that's all we ask for. We want that beautiful, wonderful content all in one place. We don't have to go to twenty different places to get all this. That is like insane to me. Okay, yeah. that's, that's just me. That's you. I mean, I, like I say, I think that's going to be the same, like I say, with Comic-Con at home. Um, it's a case of how to best consolidate all of that content. I'd hate to think that it's going to be a little bit like Star Wars Celebration where everyone tuned in for the um, Force Awakens trailer and panel and then the uh, Star Wars Adventures from... IDW panel got like six views or something daft. Um, you, know, you know what I mean? Where, where panels and content are just going to get sidelined by the bigger, flashier um, kind of content. Uh, Sarita P is asking, since vendors are doing San Diego Comic-Con exclusives online, do we know if the bigger vendors do it and how Lego, Hasbro, etc.? I think the only indicator we're getting from that is the likes of Sideshow, the likes of... Who else has done exclusives this week? Who was it? There's been a couple that they've started rolling out their own exclusives track. 
a, a month early. Um, but it's a case of just putting what they would have been selling at Comic-Con online. But there we go. Yeah, well, Sideshow always does that um, about a month out, or not a month. They start like, kind of previewing what they're going to have for Comic-Con. Um, I have a lot of Sideshow stuff, so I mean, I've always... If I, I was, could afford. If only I could afford. It's that payment plan, baby. It's that <laughs> payment plan. <laughs> it's, 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 the thing about it is, and it's the reason why I try desperate... Uh, Diamond, thank you very much indeed to the listeners for making you right. Yeah, Diamond are doing this. Um, it's the reason why I love and admire the Sideshow booth from a distance because um, even the, the cheaper stuff, just that's my con. <laughs> and I just like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Because, I mean, I went on the Sideshow booth to get a bunch of comics signed by uh, Scotty Young uh, the last time I was there, 2019. Uh, uh, 2018, sorry, 2018 when I was last there. Um, and I bought the Scotty Young uh, exclusive, and that was $100 right there. And I'm going, that was just me stepping on the Taicho booth. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> too much. But, um, yeah, uh, as for Lego, I can't quite see how they're going to do it, considering that Lego kind of have their own little corner of the internet anyway. Um, I don't know unless unless there's a way of doing like the lot the you know the lottery, the the exclusives portal, and just if you win the exclusive portal, then you would win the, a chance to buy the uh, well, basically what they did with the poster that first year. Right, right. Yeah. That's one way of doing it, and actually still keeping that engine up and running. They've got this mechanics in place. It's a case of just convincing the companies to put their exclusives. Well, and the other thing is, just, with them being a European country, I mean, what I mean, I, I, from what I understand, anything that they had going on here in the states, they kind of locked everything down before they shuttered the doors and uh, went back to yeah. Europe, um, or or stopped working here at least. So I don't know what you know, what they'd be able to ship out, what they've got ready to go, even. I mean, did they even, are they even in production? Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, I know that I turned around at the very beginning and said, let's uh, keep the politics to a, a minimum, but uh, Lego have my undying, oh, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> undying uh, loyalty ever since they pulled uh, the White House set and any police sets from their uh, online stores. Um, that's that's, that's a support. big thumbs up over here. How about that for support? Good Lord. Um, without even tweeting out Black Lives Matter, they supported the, the movement. Um, it was something else. Um, let's oh. go through a couple of comments. Uh, Jesse Lim, uh, HBO Max shot themselves in the foot by not launching on Roku and Fire Stick in the USA. I pre-subscribed to the platform only to find out it's not coming to Roku. Needless to say, I unsubscribed. Uh, you've got um, uh, Andrew English saying, is HBO Max coming to the UK? As far as I'm aware, no, it's not. So let's put it this way. The international torrenting of Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to be through the God. Well, it was going to be through the roof anyway, but it's going to be even more so now. Um, let's have a look at this. Uh, Marcy Brett's 
still waiting for a virtual con to do the vendor hall right. They've either been just a listener web page or a barely functioning app I didn't want to install in the first place. I think I know which um, one you're talking about there. Uh, yes, you would be. Um, you, that, I think, was the closest we got to a possible virtual con. But you're right. You had to install an app to make it work. It was just... Yeah, very, very awkward. Into the Blue Mister, the LEGO website had an online raffle a few months ago where you could win an older SDCC exclusive. They may do well do something similar this year. Um, Daniel Betts, LEGO Eats, or um, awesomeness. Of course they are. So, yeah. Um, I think the whole business of... Oh, Shane Davis is here. Hello there, Shane. How are you, sir? Um, excellent artist. Um, legendary artist, great to have him along. Um, uh, the <sighs> that is the thing. I mean, I, I we brought it up when um, th this was virtual, uh, virtual con, uh, virtual pop con, or virtual con, get the name right, virtual pop expo. And you basically had to install an app and you went through virtual, um, artist alley and vendors and you could drop in and out and you could talk to the vendor uh, who was registered to be online and available to talk to their audience um, as people would approach an actual booth um, they could buy things there and then um, and the promise was there it just didn't quite work um, can can you think of a way, either of you, how that middle ground can be found? Or is it a case of people aren't going to want to dedicate their time attending a virtual con as though it was actually something that you were visiting when you have real life to deal with? Yeah, um, I think that would be, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the problem. I mean, you know, um, First off, I don't know what, you know, app-wise, the back end of it would have enough that, you know, capacity to hold. Like, it's from my cat. That's Mike. <laughs> one of them. One of no, them. Can we get it on my phone? Because I've, oh. I've, I've, I've had it on my phone. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so they, um, you know, and then you have the possibility of also doing what, you know, 300,000 people, those other 150,000 people that never could get tickets, everybody dropping into the app at the same time. I mean, you know, yeah. that's that. Uh, so, I mean, then again, and then it's like, I mean, who went? Uh, I mean, it's, the idea sounds really nice. Maybe if you ha it could do it like VR wise. Yeah. But I mean, we're not, uh we're not there yet. I mean, that, I guess that was, that was kind of the pandemic. Promise, it would be a, a VR rendered thing um but yeah that kind of got shot in the head uh three to p is shane davis doing commissions very good question um shane if you want to connect with sarita <laughs> by all means <laughs> uh, that's, that's another thing as well let's talk about artist alley um i mean we, I've, all three of us uh, go and visit that area uh, when the the uh, the con is up and running um that's a place absolutely um the Getting um, artists and how that participation would be. Is this, is Comic Con at home effectively going to disregard the artists that would be and comic creators that would be behind a booth at San Diego Comic Con? 
don't you guys miss all right just real quick don't you guys miss actually talking to the artist i mean that's the whole point actually get to physically yeah. interact with them and you see that work and then they sign your work that you buy from them right right in front of you so you have every time you look up on your wall you see that and you remember that entire experience it you know that's the reason why we go to the comic cons i mean so so you know it's to the extent that the collectors want to buy collectibles I think that they're fine with the, you know, the virtual stuff. They get the stuff, you know, they get it authenticated, blah, and they sell it someplace else. They don't really care. You know, they're not there for Comic-Con. They're there to make money. But for yeah. the rest of us, we're there, to, we're there to meet these, the, the you know, the creators. Mm. Literally the creators of this stuff because they're, they're always way more interesting when you have a chance to chat with them. I talked to, um, I actually had a chance to talk to uh, one of the writers of uh, the Doctor Strange movies when I was at... Uh, Comic Palooza. Remember, remember, I was at Comic Palooza back then. Oh my God, the guy and I were just chatting away, and I was like, "Oh, blah, 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 blah. The Robert, right? You're talking about Robert, the, yeah. Which one was it? it yeah, yeah, it was a uh, um, Cargill. Uh, yeah, Robert Cargill. Yeah, 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 Master Room. Yeah, you, 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 you sent something about him today, right? And it's like, oh my God, this guy, and he was so friendly, and we we talked about some slightly political issues because remember that whole the whole hullabaloo about making the ancient one a woman. And then, a, you know, a white woman at that, too. And, you know, and I think, remember, Tony Kim weighed in on that. Uh, Indeed. Remember that? So we had a chance. I actually had a chance to discuss this with the writer. And it was interesting what he said. It, it, it was, he had to be very careful what he said. Because when you talk about Marvel, you know how Marvel can be, right? But, but he, what he said, it was interesting that he had to do, a, a, they made him do certain rewrites to take into account um, that, that it was, you know, that it was, um, um, Tilda Swindon, who played the ancient one, yeah, and he was told to do the rewrites. Is, is I think is what he he told me. So I mean, but you don't find this stuff out, you know, if you're on 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 on, on these uh, platforms because they have to be very careful because that stuff gets replayed, right? Sure. If you're talking one to one, they'll have a conversation. If you if they realize that you're man, you know, they 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 actually chat with you, and t you know they tell you things because it, it's it's. It is a true one-to-one -one conversation, not a one-to-many. No, that's a very, very good point. Very good point. Okay. Um, let's go through a couple of the comments uh, coming through. Once again, I've got the link up on the screen. If you want to come in and just say hi and be part of the round table, I'm going to be, we'll, we'll stay online for another 20 minutes. Like I would say, by the way, uh, Leandy, Michael P, if you want, if you need to get off, <laughs> by all means, <laughs> just, it, it, it's entirely up to you. Um, but if we're going to be online, I'd say for another 20 minutes or so, if you want to jump in, the link's there on the screen, type it into a browser. It just accesses webcam and um, speaker and you can just come in and talk. To us. Um, Marcy Bretz, why would I want to use an app on a small screen instead of utilizing the big screen on a computer to visit a virtual booth? Yeah, I'm down with that. I'm down to. I'm down for VR. I can't. I don't know how I could do it without a VR headset. I'd love to use VR more for this. Uh, Solicitor Smeg, uh, to be honest, virtual cons little hold little interest for me, and probably most congoers. I'll buy their exclusives, um, but part of the reason panels do so well is that there's a level of intimacy you can't replicate online. Interesting point. Um, That's true. That's true. I mean, I've been watching the. Um, uh, comic book legal defense fund uh, videos this week and um, which by the way um, if you get the chance go to cbldf.org uh, and check out their zoom webinars that are coming up they've got a whole bunch 
that's happening over the next couple of weeks. And we are talking some insanely big names. Check out their list. And it's free to enter. You just sign up for it. I think it also streams to Facebook, but the, you can actually interact on the Zoom thing. Very, very cool. Very, 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 very cool. Uh, Toby Tonalino totally blocking off Leanne's face. Sorry. Um, <laughs> would it be easy to set up a virtual SDCC if a Google Street Map camera had been on the comp floor at some point in the past? Which it has been to some corners. You can actually get into the back corner of Hall H and look back. It's very, very weird. Um, using that as a base, vendors could be linked in the typical location in the map as well as links to other things. So instead of your legs legs getting tired walking around, people would be furthering their carpal tunnel issues. <laughs> 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 Dan Berry, speaking of artist commissions, Arnold and Injibot list will open tomorrow, Monday for June 15th. Yes, I saw that um, notification up as well. Michael P is determined to get me to talk about Artemis Fowl. I'll save it for the end. I'm saving it for the end. Deal with oh, it. Okay, so See we you. already watched it too. So I'm. I'm oh. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. Already, we're already. We're already. Yeah, okay. We're already. Yes. We're right, all ready. Guys, 15 minutes and counting. Okay. I'll dive in. Okay. Andrew English, I can never find the GalaxyCon links, only the What's Coming Up page. Um, yeah. Um, I've done my best to cover as much as I can about GalaxyCon and the um, their efforts. Um, I find it a little bit expensive for my liking. I think it's a bit rich for my blood. Um, and, yeah, the, the, the actual – Interface is a bit clunky. They haven't quite nailed that down yet. Um, let's have a look at this. Chuck Cook as well. Absolutely agree with Michael P. But I wouldn't know everyone on my screen right now without meeting them at cons. So there you go. It is about that, that, it is about that face to face. It, it's absolutely 100% community. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how we have all become friends over the years. I mean, I mean, I have some of my best friends are in this group that's right here on the screen and then online here. I mean, I know I can call Michael P. In fact, <laughs> Michael P. and I talk at least two or three times a week. So. But, but Well, we, we love but, you too, Lisa. Yeah, but you know that, Leonard, come on. I mean, the parties. I mean, Leanne, Leanne and I went to a very special party at, at last San Diego Comic-Con, which was, oh, my God. Did I mean seriously? It was, was, it that was quite off? amazing. It was awesome. yeah. Come on, I mean that's what we. I mean, you know, Leonard, that's what we. I mean, that's part of it. Just the sheer excitement, the energy level. I mean, come on, you don't sleep there. You just lay down on a bed for a few seconds, and then you're back up running around like a crazy person. There's no. I mean, come on. For that entire week, we live what three years or something in that in that one week because it's just so much happening in such a short period of time. How do you, yeah. you can't replicate that? You can't. You can't replicate. I mean, getting to talk to like the writers of the Expanse books, along with the writers of the Expanse TV show, along with the stars at that party, and there was a handful of people there. It wasn't like it was a big, open, invited thing. What yeah. we there was what maybe twenty five people there at that point, Michael P. Well, well there's there probably a hundred, but it just the place, the space was so large, it didn't seem like that many. Yeah, well, well they're in the area talking yeah. with them. With oh yeah, you know, that was yeah. real. It was really small and intimate, and those are like uh, you know stopping we, we, by the table, uh, just just different ones, you know. <sighs> 
oh, different yeah. artists, different writers. I mean, I remember a few, long, oh, quite a few years ago, there was a small panel with Matt Fraction, just barely in the bottom of the um, the schedule on a Sunday afternoon. And there was, you know, the room was full, but it was intimate and special and wonderful. And, and it was just like, um, but there was a one that we went to uh, when uh, Matt Taylor does all the uh, Mondo uh, yep. posters. That was intimate. There was what, 15, 20 people in that room with him. I mean, or more, maybe a little more, but I mean, it was really small, intimate. Those are the things I'm missing. Well, I'm missing. Had, remember, they guys, remember they used to have conversations for a cause, Leonard? You, you were at one of those. Remember those? Oh, my God. Th those were absolutely intimate. And you, you got to ask your uncensored questions. And thank God most of the people there were really, you know, just true fans. And so the questions were really great. Um, you remember that? I'm I'm particularly grateful. I mean, we've got Brandon Troy who's joining us. Hello there, Brandon. I think his mic's muted, but um, he's uh, joining us. Hello, Brandon. Um, yeah, Hello. I'm particularly I'm particularly. You, you had it. You had it there. You had it for a second. Um, I was particularly glad of that particular uh, conversation because it was a part of, of uh, uh, Nerd HQ. It was with Joss Whedon, and I asked a question which basically implied that I was an up and coming superstar. <laughs> At which point he 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 pulled me out on it and asked for security to leave to get me to leave. So that, that was rather cool. That was hilarious. I remember that letter. That was so good. That was hilarious. I could have worded that better. I could, yes, possibly, yes, you could have possibly. Uh, Brandon, great. how are you doing, sir? How's how's your lockdown been? <laughs> it's it's been uh, it's been interesting. I figure I hop on a little bit. It's been a while. What's going on, Mike? Um, uh, yeah, it's we're in phase. We're a couple weeks in phase one. So volume. Oh, oh yeah, you can just say, yeah, yeah, I can hear. Okay, I was gonna say we're a couple of weeks into phase uh, one. Um, possibly getting into phase two, perhaps in a week or so. So we'll see. Okay. Brandon, you what, what, what cons would you have been going to this year? I mean, well, that's a question for all of you. What cons would you? Have been going to? <laughs> Yeah, um, most of the ones that I've done, honestly, have just been like one-on-one. I'll be honest with you, I haven't really, last con I went to was C2E2 in person. So it's been a couple of months. Fair enough. Uh, Michael, what shows would you have been attending this year? I would have, you know what, I, I've missed C2E2. I was supposed to go to Emerald City Comic Con, supposed to go to WonderCon, supposed to go to Denver uh, Pop Culture Con, supposed to go to San Diego Comic Con, I'm supposed to go to Dragon Con, supposed to go to New York Comic Con. And so, no place. I'm not, didn't go any place this year, you know. So. You're saving a lot on your flights and hotels. I'm saving a huge amount of money in, 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 in miles because I had a whole bunch of miles racked up too. So this is all going to apply to next year because thankfully, and I want to do a shout out because we have to, because we, we tend to criticize these guys too much. Well, not too much, rightfully so in some cases, but Delta was very good about refunding my money back to me in my miles. There is another airline, which I don't want to mention because I think they're evil, but I'm not going to mention their names United. And, um, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, but like I said, I won't mention their names, but some, some people are just evil, you know, you know, they're Satan spawn. That's what they are, but that's okay. You know, you know, because we have spawn comics and so Satan's got to have his representation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Um, let's very quickly go through some comments. Guys, this is all about you, so it's all about your comments. Um, I mean, people who are actually talking about the, the after parties, Sirius P is going to miss the after parties, free drinks. Right. Yes. Now, listen, this is where I'm going to make a little bit of an announcement because I did put something up online about um, an Englishman's Comic-Con. The idea was I was going to organize a bunch of panels from um, 10 a.m. Pacific through till 3 p.m. Pacific and basically do five panels back-to-back all four days that was the plan at which point then san diego comic-con have announced theirs and what they're planning to do and basically i realized that i'd be treading on their toes so i'm not going to be doing that we are going to be having some great guests on that week uh todd staffrick is the first one that's confirmed we're going to have him on the show or on the live stream but what i am going to be doing and what i'm going to be announcing right now is i'm going to be organizing a zoom meeting for everyone and anyone to come and join, anyone who's in the Comic-Con community to get some drinks in, and we're gonna have a Comic-Con after party, and we're gonna get slightly smashed. Talking cons, uh, talking uh, about our summer and the best things about going to Comic-Con, we're gonna have a Comic-Con after party, okay? That's, That's perfect because I have a whole lot of damn vodka. So let's get That's, on it. <laughs> I've got a bottle somewhere. Hang on a second. I think uh, I'll share I think my mojito. I, I still think I've got something left from the the champagne bottle from yesterday's wedding anniversary. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll. That's what we're going to organize. We're going to do a Comic Con after party. But there we go. Um, Karma Savage, great to have Karma watching. It's been a while since we've spoken to you. Hello, Karma. Uh, speaking of virtual cons panel handling, I have been digging Josh Gad's Reunited Apart series. Hasn't that been cool? The um, Lord of the Rings one was good. That was that was fun. Um, I find it's easier to skip through the Josh Gad bits, but hey, that's just me. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's a, a bit of a tease for the Artemis Fowl um, chat a little bit later as well, um, because that I could have skipped through. Quite a bit. Um, into the uh, Blue Mister. Oh no, Judd Cook. Uh, the Nerd HQ conversations for a cause are a whole different kettle of eels. They basically got shut down by SCCC because the stars were leaving official panels to attend them. They're not likely to return, but they were amazing. Has everyone or anyone seen um, uh, Nerd HQ? Oh god. Okay. Why is his mind just? What was in this? What the hell? Um, who's um, Zach Levi? Uh, did anyone see his tweets this week? Oh, no, I missed him. Is he talking about starting his thing over again? He was asked about Nerd HQ. He was asked um, why was it uh, basically uh, kicked out of San Diego, and he said basically the uh, powers that be did not want him there, so they were muscled out of town. Uh, Nerd HQ will never be returning to San Diego. And Nerd HQ is there is a future there. He wants to bring it back and do something with it. So there we go. Yeah. I just think he's going to have to go someplace else. There's no way he's going to be able to do that in San Diego. Well, but, yeah. but, you know, honestly, though, guys, considering how huge San Diego comedy, I, I love, all right, let me just say this. I have to say this ahead of time. San Diego Comic Con is just the, the most amazing thing I've ever seen, you know, ever been a part of, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They could be a little bit more gracious because honestly, Nerd HQ didn't take away from it. Because if it took ticket sales, I could see an issue. But dear God in heaven, they turned down like a million people who want badges. How is 
it, it doesn't negatively affect them. I don't, I don't get it. And I don't know if it had something to do with, with contractual issues. I mean, because when, you know, when you start looking at the legal issues, it gets way more complicated than you and I, you know, any of us know, because we're not privy to those contracts. But it, it definitely had a lot to do with the fact that they paid those people, those stars to be there. Yeah. And then them turn around and leave early at panels and to be across the street at the, you know, at Nerd H and and it and that that has a lot to do with it. You know, I mean that's that's a huge problem when you got people leaving panels early, not people who not Comic Con attendees, but people that they paid Comic Con paid the stars to come, paid their you know, flights or whatever or their cars to come down from LA, whatever they were doing, hotel rooms, whatever. You know, so I think that's where you're having the problem, and then you've also got the yeah. uh, the uptick in the uh, the cost of t these different places. These different places saw how much money was coming in and started raising their rent for the two weeks that they were going to, or the week or so that it took them to put up for Comic Con and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of factors. I'm curious as to if that's the reason Hi, why. Um, <laughs> Why Nerdist and Geek and Sundry stopped doing it at the Petco? Might be That's a very hundred percent. Why? Thing. Yeah, price. Brandon, price, I mean, money. what's what's your take? I mean, but certainly, I mean, you kind of jumped in halfway well, through. I was going to say correct. Yeah, no worries. I was going to say correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, at least with the guests, I know a lot of times the studios um, actually budget. Uh, getting the guests there in terms of like their hotel, their stay, their flight, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But I do, Leanne, see what you're saying. Um, just, just the overall like theme of of uh, of money that it does a you know affect in terms of having that attraction for the attendees themselves and how that can play into you know the amount of money that they foresee that they'll be able to generate in having those guests there. So. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, uh, it's it was a, a cool uh, a cool thing a cool piece of program that they had uh, at San Diego. So it's unfortunate that that we uh, won't have it anymore. But oh well, um, it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Cook has uh, chimed in. Phaedra has had some on the off the record discussions uh, discussions with people who know. And Leanne, what Leanne is talking about is exactly what happened with Nerd HQ. So there you go. Um, let's have a look at this. Um, right, I'm three minutes and counting, and then I'm, I'm diving into Artemis Fowl. So there we go. Um, Michael P's chomping at the bit, man. He's ready to go. Uh, no, I okay. want to hear your opinion. I really just want to hear your opinion because you Fair know, you, 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 know want it. You, you want it, you got it. Um, Brandon, in terms of Comic Con at home. What would you like to see from it? What would you like to expect San Diego Comic-Con, Comic-Con International, to deliver with a virtual con? Um, well, just by virtue of it being uh, a con at home, I mean, you're not really going to uh, um, bring that same energy or, or be able to, to repeat that same type of energy that you would have at Hall H, but... Um, with that being said, hopefully with with the uh, folks that are still at this point um, scheduled to go, 
um, whether it's uh, the comic houses or whether it's our studios, um, still being able to get content, you know, out of and information out of the show, uh, whether it's just, you know, um, uh, uh, announcement drops of like trailers or things of that nature, um, announcements of casting. Um, we might, I'll be honest with you, uh, seeing what DC is doing, we might actually, even though it's not really being announced yet, we might see a little more of that just to make it, you know, more exclusive uh, for those fandoms that you have. Um, just because it is at home and it doesn't, I guess for DC, it doesn't really feel exclusive enough. So, you know, uh, you might see a lot more of that as a trend with a lot of people um, doing their own thing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, definitely I, mean, I mean, the one thing I do know, and I can officially announce now, uh, that um, something that will be announced at um, Comic-Con at home uh, will be the rescheduling of New Mutants uh, yeah. again. Uh, so that's gonna that's gonna get rescheduled um, anytime. Uh, yeah, yeah, again. So there you go. That's that's my official reveal. <laughs> but that was me trying to be funny, and it <laughs> we stopped being funny about that bloody film now. So there we go. Right. Okay. Um, let's very quick get this out of the way real quick. Um, if you have watched Disney Plus, or do if you have Disney Plus, uh, you will have noticed that a film has dropped starring. Um, Dame Judi Dench, directed by Lord um, Branner, Kenneth Branner, and starring some incredible talent and having some pretty impressive special effects somewhere along the line, about 40% of it, 50% of it's pretty good. And you've got Josh Gad, but we'll kind of skip over that. Um, Artemis Fowl, um, based on the Eowyn Colfer um, young uh, adult books, uh, dropped online on Friday. Um, right, I'll try and do this in 60 seconds. Let's see if I've got myself a countdown, which I can just bring up here. 60 seconds. Okay. It is an absolute Frankenstein's monster of a movie. Um, it is a film which pulled from so many different disparate elements. You have your Harry Potter sky bubble bit. You have your MCU sky beam section. You have your... Um, pulling from different films and different elements in a car crash of a effort, which for a film which is supposed to breathe live into a Frankenstein monster, it is completely devoid of life. Um, it has a full 30 minutes at the beginning of a 90-minute film, which is a non-stop exposition dump, which makes no goddamn sense. You are going to be lost even from the beginning of the film, which means you get 30 minutes of someone trying to explain the world to you and still failing to do so, you have the moment you get into the fairy world, which is when it, the film actually takes up a gear, that's 30 minutes in. Um, you have a lead character, which is so devoid of any kind of personality, you forget he's on screen, you forget he's even in the film when he leaves the screen. You have two characters which you actively forget are even in the film once the, the thing's done and dusted. Um, what else? Very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. And Artemis Fowl is supposed to be a complete and utter twat. And in this, they try and make him likable and they completely miss the point of what Artemis Fowl is all about. Okay. I think that's me. How you really feel. Tell him how you really Avoid it like the goddamn. Well, no. Watch it for a beautiful mess of how not to make a film. It actually convinces me that Kenneth Branagh that Thor 
And a couple of the films when he first got started were flukes um, because he doesn't know how to tell a story in terms of an actual three-act arc or motivations. He can direct people, by all means. He can act anyone off the planet. He's one of the finest actors on breathing. But he can't tell a story. He cannot tell a story. Simple as that. Um, I can't... I, cannot tell you what the motivations are of what any of the characters were. It, 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 make, it makes no sense. And, and I don't just mean that in a dismissive, full dismissive term. It, it generally, it just makes no sense. Literally, can I there say that? Anyone, anyone else want to chime in? Yeah, let me say this. I think that, I mean, you know, Disney, Disney got a hold of it. And so clearly the true Artemis file that we all read about and that we kind of like, you know, he was an interesting character. It should have been on Netflix or, you know, so, so a venue like that where you could you could do that character, that character, the real character that is Artemis file Because he's a little bit on the, no, he's he's on the dark side, you know? He's a shit. Yeah. And so that's that's something you, you do with Netflix or Hulu. But, you know, Disney doing it and, and you know, it became a, a, a Saturday morning Disney thing. And, and 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 you're right. It just it, it threw a whole bunch of stuff in there together, and they were hoping it was going to work. That you know, it's it's like oh, Fantastic Four. It's like the Josh Trang Fantastic Four. It's not the Fantastic Four. It's a side. Uh, it's yeah. not Fantastic Four. It yeah. is. Like the, the the two films that I got big feelings for was Fantastic Four and A Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time is based on a well-loved book. Um, it's got some real spirit to it. If you read the book, it's got some very impressive intellectual through lines to it. You then have an act, a director in Ava who I also don't particularly rate as a director, certainly not of, um, um, this, uh, of fiction work. Uh, the other things that she's done in terms of documentary is fantastic, but to, as, a, to, as a storyteller, there's, it's all artifice and there's no spine to it. There's no backbone. That's just, there's me. I mean, Brandon, have you seen it yet? Have you, what, what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, again, I was gonna say, Leonard, just tell us how you all, how, how you really feel. But anyway, I digress. Um, just to be succinct about it, you know, when it comes to studios, it's really, it's really all about trends. When when you have a film that really works, everyone wants to kind of jump on the bandwagon of it. I remember, you know, era of Matrix. You know, you had all these wire foo films that came out um, that were very much like the Matrix with bullet time and all that stuff. Um, you know, the MCU when it started to come into its its uh, heyday in the beginning of Phase One, you started to see a lot of studios try to do a shared universe. I remember when they tried to do all these YA, you know, franchises and jumpstart all these YA franchises with Hunger Games and all these things. So um, it's just a matter of of a studio trying to, you know, put together something that can potentially, you know, stand the test of time and per perhaps become a franchise. But it just yeah. didn't work. Uh, yeah. Um yeah. Marcy Bretts, Artemis Fowl is on my list for bad movie night. Is it appropriate to drink alcoholic beverages during a diary <laughs> Um Yes. Um, just make sure they're not in a glass container because you don't want to damage your screen. Um, um, I just, 
I was so dis- I was just disappointed. I was just so disappointed. Um, Into the Blue Mister, it sounds like the complete opposite of what they did with the series of unfortunate events. I have my own feelings about that. Um, I'm a fan of the film. I think they could have done more with making the series its own thing instead of just basing it on the film. But that was just me. Um, I think it could have had its own tone, its own style, and instead they just basically remade the film. But there we go. Um, yeah, it's the other thing I, I said. Will, I will tell you this. Unfortunately, the um, the the spawn actually liked it. So. <laughs> okay. But but oh, she's no, never no, read any of the right. books. She had okay. no. I mean, there was there was, she had some problems with some of the storytelling and the way the clunkiness of the story. But she liked it overall. But she has never read any of the books or has any. She doesn't know any of the history behind it or any Fine. of that stuff. So, Fine. but um, she's not going to go out and I, search it out. I don't think she no, would have ever no. gone. You know, so that was a that was a question I asked when I did my kind of tweet along of the thing. If anyone's not read the books, please tell me what you think of it. You liked it, right? The Artemis Fowl. She's oh, standing right. There. Yeah, yeah. She liked the movie. She I liked. Mean, it's in the same vein as A Wrinkle in Time. It doesn't know where it wants to be. That was her, like, yeah. what kind of movie it wants to be. That's that's what she thought about it. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Um, the other thing that I, I mean, Brandon uh, alluded to it as well, um, and I tweeted it out, and I'd stand by it. If this had gone into cinemas, this would have been the story we would have been talking about this weekend and next weekend as the film that would have very possibly brought down Disney. This would have died on its ass. This would have absolutely died. I was going to say, I would say this, Leonard. I would say, I don't know. It would kind of, be kind of strong with everything that Disney has done so far and all the franchises that they still have that it would have brought them down. But I will say perhaps they already knew, saw the writing on the wall, and that's why it went to yeah. Disney+. Plus. I mean, Wrinkle of, yeah, you're, I mean, okay, you're absolutely right. Wrinkle of Time died in, died in its ass, and people were talking about that as being the death of Disney, and Disney's still here. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Of course you are. Of course you are. You're Brandon Troy. Your movies are shaking. I try. I try. I try sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to get off um, because uh, I mean, we really could just <laughs> continue shouting about art as art as foul for a while. But, um, in ter- okay, let's wrap things up with what we could see down the, the line at the end of the, 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 the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we have got some shows which are scheduled to go ahead. You've got Tampa which is still scheduled to go. You've got New York City, which at this point is still scheduled to go. Um, if I go around the room, when would be the next time that you would feel comfortable going to a Comic-Con? Brandon. When we have a vaccine. Fair enough. Whenever that time is. Okay. Leanne? Uh, next year sometime. Give me the vaccine. I mean, I'm not, I think I've had it. I don't know. I need an antibody test. That would, But I'm not going anywhere until next year. I know I was supposed to go to Thought Bubble, but I have canceled. Fair enough. So. Well, we'll see how that goes. Um, we have yet to hear. I mean, that's another one. That's here in the UK. Um, it is the single largest comics-related convention 
here in the UK it is a lot of people crowded into what would be four rooms of a building which has been the north of England's uh, Nightingale Hospital, so similar to what the Javits Centre is. So, yeah. Uh, Michael P., when would you be comfortable going to a Comic-Con? I'm thinking C2E2 next year. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. I'm, that's, I, I take it back because C2E2 and WonderCon are at the same time. So WonderCon next year. Okay. Because you know what? Again, let's, we're trying to be positive. I think we're going to have a vaccine. Be, I think we'll actually have a vaccine by the end of the year because serious, the, you know, some of these seriously the best scientists in the world and the companies are all working on this because, you know, the companies want it because it's going to make them a fortune. The scientists, because, you know, that's what scientists do. And, um, and you know, we, we, have this, we have the capability, you know, look, look at the tools that they're using now. Look how fast they were able to look at the, you know, the, the, you know, the diagram of the DNA for this thing, you know? So, I mean, everybody's working like crazy to get it. So I, I think we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year. I'm being positive. And uh, I'm planning on going to WonderCon next year, right now. Not buying a ticket. Not buying a plane ticket until about a month before, just to be on the safe side. Not doing that again. Not doing that again. Fair enough. Um, I, you know, if I check my tinfoil inside my hat, um, they're not going to have a vaccine until enough of the people that they don't have to pay um, in life insurance benefits for have passed on. Oh, now how about that for dark? Um, there you go. <laughs> there's Liam. There's Liam D going. So, yeah, okay, right. Look, I'm, um, I, I'm right there with you in the capitalistic society that we live in. I have a hundred, I'm 100% behind you. There this you go. Anarchist is right behind you. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Marcy, Marcy Betts, um, as somebody who is contributing to Comic Con at home, um, as somebody who's putting a, a number one. Looking forward to seeing what you're doing uh, with Comic Con at home. Looking forward to seeing what uh, the actual um, panel output is going to look like. Who's going to guarantee that the attendees are actually vaccinated? It's a very good point. It's 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 putting a lot of reliance on thousands of people, of which we are seeing right now. There's a lot of very stupid people out there. Um, we are seeing real time that there's a lot of stupid people out there um right guys i want to say thank you very much indeed for coming on i really appreciate your thoughts and your comments and it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been a pleasure seeing you guys again uh, brandon it's been too long michael likewise leanne d it's just a shame we're not going to see you here in Har in harrogate so i change. know i was looking forward to it especially because i was going to spend a couple weeks there and just wander around it's a pretty world. It, it, no, no, no lie. I, I'm disappointed. I was looking so for next year. Thought bubble next year for sure. There we go. By then I will be, and you won't be able to get me out of that part of England by the time I get there next year. <laughs> we'll just have to adopt you. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm with okay. I'll bring um, the posters. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brandon, I'm going to let you have your chance to just pimp um, your wares, moving mm -hmm. and shake it. Go on, tell us all about it. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, host and co-creator of uh, Movers and Shakers Unlimited. Um, we do a lot of stuff. Uh, well, recently we've been doing a lot of stuff uh, live with a lot of guests. Uh, we actually had uh, Mark Serby on last week, along with um, Aaron Couch from the Hollywood Reporter. 
We every single week um, we go live talking about different subjects. However, um, yeah, the website Movers and Shakers Unlimited, uh, Twitter Movers and Shakers, and Instagram, same thing. You can find me there as well, Brandon Troy Ent. So very worth very worthwhile checking out. Very excellent stuff indeed. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you, indeed, for coming on. Um, in fact, Michael, do you want to very quickly pimp um, the um, the forum and uh, oh, yeah. what you can, yeah. Friends of Comic-Con, staff writer over there, um, and of course, all things expand. So, you know, if you need anything about the expanse, you call, okay? Of course. Call. of course. Excellent stuff. Listen, guys, thank you very much indeed. Oh, I think Andrew English, very quickly asking there, um, Mark who? <laughs> oh, Mark uh, uh, Serby. Um, he's actually uh, writes with uh, BBC Suffolk. A uh, mutual friend of me and Leonard's. Um, he's a he writes for the Collective, collective as well on occasion. But yes, there you go. <laughs> Little bit of a thing there. Right, guys, thank you, Ms. Dean, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Miss Brother everybody. See you. Bye, Brandon. Thank you. Take Bye, care. Bye. Bye. Excellent. Um, yeah, uh, that was that was fun, and I, I want to do more of these. Um, probably. Uh, once every month or so, do a kind of like I say, the union invite people on, uh, but don't disappear just yet, everybody. Um, I'm going to do a couple of quick announcements, but um, yeah, thank you very much indeed. We'll try and do another couple of these uh, State of the Union shows um, down the line. Right. Um, I did mention about that uh, uh, an Englishman Comic Con, and I set everything up, and I the idea was I was going to do um, fundraising. I was going to try and do an art jam, a digital art jam for an hour, have two artists do artwork and then swap the files over digitally and then ink each other's artwork. I had ideas for that. Um, I had um, ideas for um, what I, I had a whole, a whole bunch of ideas of basically five panels a day, nonstop, four days, and just basically doing a virtual con. And I didn't want to tread on San Diego Comic-Con's toes. I didn't want to upset them. So I'm going to let them do what they do. Um, we are, during that week, going to be speaking to Todd Stashwick, um, who is an excellent actor. Um, he's somebody who I uh, bumped into at D23 about three, four years ago, and he's willing to come back and talk to me, even though I was talking into my phone. And um, I was in board shorts and looking very scruffy, but no, he's, decided, he's, he's up for coming back on. So he's certainly going to be a guest that week. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, as for the the question, um, what's going to be happening with this uh, uh, after party? Uh, Into the Blue Mister reminders when the after party is planned, so I can book the next day off work. Details to come. We'll sort something out. I'm even. What I'll do is I'll even hook up um, the DJ equipment. Uh, we'll have music in the background. We'll have a, a live set, and we'll basically just have as many people jumping in to a Zoom party, and we'll, we'll have a Comic Con after party we'll sort it we'll get it we'll get details to you but there we go right um what else we got uh, very quickly um i do want to say thank you much indeed to uh, to michael p to leanne d to chuck to um solicitous meg trying his best uh, and also to uh, brandon troy as well um let's have a look at this uh, people talking about the uh, the expanse at the moment so that'd be that'd be cool um talking about upcoming guests by the way and upcoming shows um this is kind of um uh, showing what's was really remaining for this month but this is what we can talk about 
the Wednesday show, we are actually just trying to finalize a guest. So bear with us. Um, but I, the next couple of days, I'll be able to, uh, to announce who that guest is going to be. Next Sunday's show is going to be something a little bit special. We're actually going to be broadcasting to a number of locations because we have, um, there's a website out there, you may be aware of them, called The Con Guy, doing a very similar thing to what I do, bringing you updates about conventions and uh, pop culture, doing obviously a bit more about the pop culture thing at the moment uh, because that's what we're all doing at the moment. But um, basically, we are going to do a cross-pollination show. And for an hour, we're going to be talking about our own thoughts on things like New York Comic Con, Tampa, um, virtual conventions, the future of conventions, basically talking about what we've been talking about on this show, but with a little bit more of a, uh, an informed spin on it. Um, there's two of the, uh, the con guide uh, team that's going to be jumping on, and we're hopefully going to be broadcasting from this channel also to their channel as well. So we're going to kind of do a cross-pollination thing. So it should be we're going to work out how, it's, how it, to best do it, but that's what we're going to be doing. Um, it's a special event. It's taking place next week. The Con Guy uh, versus Talking Con. Uh, that's going to be next Sunday. Wednesday, 24th of June, confirmed for now. Bill Sinkevich is going to be joining us and uh, talking about uh, his career and uh, his interactions at conventions. Leandy is saying, so you're finally getting Bill Sinkevich. Um, we had a comment on uh, the show on Wednesday, and I stand by it as well. Someone basically uh, commented, we will not believe Bill Sinkevich is actually on the Hangout and on the live stream until he's actually on the live stream. I kind of get that. I understand it. So bear with us. For now, he has agreed to come on. 24th of June, Bill Sinkevich. And then on Sunday, the 28th of June, uh, we are going to be having the return of Bus Russ Burlingame and Mike Avelia. Uh, we had them on the last um, show of last month, and it was an absolute blast. So much has happened in the meantime. I mean, that's the way of the world right now that the last seven days, the last, last seven hours. I'd hate to think just turning on the news while we've been on air, what's happened. Um, we are going to be having them back to talk about um, all sorts of things. They are both obviously very much clued about the comics industry. So we're going to be talking about um, the DC decision. We're going to be talking about um, the losses we've had um, over the last um, couple of days. Um, we're going to be talking about the, the, the way things, uh, uh, we're going to be talking about, I don't know, Justice League. We're going to be talking about all sorts of pop culture. They know what they're talking about. Who knows what's going to happen between now and Sunday, the 28th of June. Our topics could change entirely, radically. But either way, the three of us are going to talk it out, and they are two of the best guys to talk about it. Russ Burlingame and Mike Abelia, uh, please um, check that out. We had three shows just happened. We had Louise, Saul, and Dave Taylor. We had Fred Randante and Tina Gann, and we had Alex Patnadel and Declan Sharvey. Please do check out those YouTube shows because I personally think they are three of the best shows we've had all season, and we've had some blinders. But those three were really good. Fred was really cool. Um, Alex and Deck were just amazing. Um, please do uh, check them out. Um, like, subscribe. Uh, I'm going to do the whole classic... Hit the bell, uh, hit the notifications. It tells you when we're going live. If we spring a last-minute incidental episode on you, you will find out when it's happening. Um, do hit the like and subscribe. Hit the like video uh, because it helps us out, um, and it does uh, get the uh, profile out there. That's me. That's us. That's our show. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, it's been our roundtable, and we're going to try and do a couple more of these down the line um, because – 
It's all about you guys. Thank you so much indeed for watching. Stay safe. Continue, please, for the love of God, keep washing your hands. 20 seconds, because that seems to have been forgotten recently. Uh, can we just keep doing that? That'd be great. Um, look after you and yours. Uh, stay safe. For myself, take care, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Watch this space for uh, our special guest announcement, but we are going to be having someone pretty special, fingers crossed, uh, on Wednesday, the 17th of June. See you then. See you then. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. Take care.